Good morning, guys. Good evening, North America. This is Glides on Tech. I, Amigo Falcon. We have a lot to talk about today. We we really really do, and we do need to address the elephant in the room. Yeah, we've missed a few episodes. A lot of it has had to do with a mix of technical difficulties, mild burnout, but mostly technical difficulties. But we are back right now. And someone actually made a comment in the chat earlier about how, dude, you, you need a business manager. I mean, realistically, it kind of brings up a good point. On a lot of these sort of, on a lot of these operations, whether it be like a podcast or a Twitch stream, you as the one person behind it all, you are filling a lot of roles. A lot of roles. You're the on-air talent. You are your own audio engineer. You are your own producer. In some cases, you're your own visual effects person. Granted, you it's very minor in most cases, usually just tweaking a stinger transition here and there. You fill a lot of roles. You are your own advertiser, advertising agency. You are your own... Pro- you're, you're, you get the idea. And back in the day, that was always a question. If Twitch were to go down... What would you do if you were a streamer? You you've have this huge gap. Those are all skills. It may be on a very small scale. It's not going to be something that would directly apply to, say, you know, a local TV station. It's not something that would directly apply to a movie set. But it is still skills. You can put that on a resume. No problem. And that is something that a lot of people forget nowadays. I tell you, for my own job... We've been going through a good number of applications and resumes, and some of them have proven okay, passable, and then we interview them, and they throw all kind of red flags. My personal favorite was a person dropped off an application, and they dropped off the application to me directly, and I said, I will give you a call tomorrow with uh, when we can go ahead and schedule an interview. Okay. By the end of the day, I could not find time to go ahead and schedule the interview. There was a multitude of different things that were going on, including some problems with a vendor. They call me up five minutes to close and almost combatively and interrogatingly try to push for a time to interview. I admit, yeah, I said I was going to do something I wasn't able to. But if you're going to go ahead and before you're even hired give this kind of like aggressive police officer I caught you in the in the middle of an act sort of tone how are you going to get a, get along with the rest of the crew and that's why I had to give her the most dreaded thing to hear when it comes to future contact and let me tell you if you ever hear this from a potential employer it means look elsewhere don't call us will call you if you hear that if any potential employer tells you that you lost they are never gonna call you and in my case that's exactly gonna be it i have no interest in working with someone that combative ever massive red flag and i've never had anyone do something like that kind of like i've never seen walmart have such a blatant scam listed on their website 
Walmart has listed a 30 terabyte portable SSD for $40. Wow. What a deal. 40, 30 terabytes for 40 bucks. Dude. Let's crack up on those cases. You, you have any idea how great of internal SSDs those will be for that cheap? Dude, let's just raid zero them all together. It's going to be a great time, right? 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 Yeah, in case it's not obvious, this is 100% a scam. 100%. What actually is going on on the inside of the board, and it's actually kind of sad, on the inside of the board, you have a USB, in this case, USB-C, to micro SD converter board on the inside of the case with a <clears throat> 64 gigabyte SD card in it, you know, pretty much like the cheapest you can get your hands on. And they hot glued it in. And then of course it has hacked firmware on it so that when you go ahead and try to write to it and you exceed the 64 gigs it can hold, mm-hmm, yeah, um, game over. It just writes over itself. Cause when you plug it in, it will show as 30 terabytes. But you're gonna find out that a lot of that info just overwrites itself and uh, you end up with a whole lot of corrupted files. Super. Now, this was an online deal only. This wasn't one that Walmart actually had stocked in their shelves. Walmart, um, what they've ended up doing with their website, it's very much become what Amazon, the actual Amazon shopping site is now, where anyone can go ahead and list stuff, and then Walmart does the processing, and then you ship it out. That's one of the things I've kind of noticed lately. How many of you have noticed when shopping on Amazon? There have been way, 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 way way more very low quality garbage items available for sale it's kind of weird how that happens right speaking of potential garbage apple apple has announced their next keynote their next event they're calling it far out and i mean let's be perfectly honest here what, what are we what are we expecting to see we're gonna see the iphone 14 shocker i know but here, here's me my prediction everyone thinks we're gonna get new apple watches new you know Air, new airpod airpods new ipads the new phone all everyone's wish list is going crazy you want a realistic expectation here it is you will see the iphone 14 the only thing that has been like eye-opening in the rumor mills perspective from the iphone is it looks like we will no longer see a mini we are going to see an iphone 14 an iphone 14 max that's actually the new one a bigger baseline iphone and then the iphone 14 pro and the it 14 pro max that's gonna be the headline before then you're gonna have maybe some minor bumps to the apple watch but i don't think it's gonna be a big deal you're going to have new versions of the AirPods, but they're going to be very meh. I don't think you're going to see a whole lot at this event other than the new iPhone and them trying to tell you that this new iPhone with a few spec, spec bumps is the latest and greatest thing. They're going to push that more accessible giant phone, but considering the fact our tagline is far out, I think the focus this time around is going to be on a very close zoom. Maybe even, considering the fact that we haven't heard a whole lot 
in regards to software or a hardware in the cameras, most likely an updated digital zoom. Because right now digital zoom sucks. If I were to go ahead, take my phone, like it has a like this phone I have here has a really good optical zoom. It really it has a top tier optical zoom. But once I go past its its optical, it falls apart. You get a lot of noise. You get a lot of ghosting going on there. It it's, gets really very grainy. It's a mess. I think that's gonna be the big push that they've cracked the code on digital zoom, which could be a big deal. Might not be. Nobody knows. But in other news, in a very, very strange twist, ARM is suing Qualcomm. This is very fascinating for one big reason. When you hear about a device with a ARM processor, what is the first name that pops in your head? It's Qualcomm. But what about the Snapdragon? That, that is Qualcomm. There are a few other smaller makers in the ARM space, but Qualcomm by far is just the titan in ARM processors. Maybe Apple will be catching up, but let's be perfectly honest. Um, App- Apple doesn't want to want you to know that their silicon is actually ARM. Like, I don't know why. It, it, it just, it hurts them internally or some such nonsense like that. But basically, ARM is saying that Qualcomm is in breach of their licensing agreement. Now, the actual listing here says, oh, here we go. The quote here we have is that Qualcomm attempted to transfer Nuvia licenses without ARM's consent, which is a standard restriction under ARM's license agreements. Nuvia's license terminated back in March of 2022. Before and after that date, ARM made multiple good faith efforts to seek a resolution. In contrast, Qualcomm has breached the terms of the ARM license agreement by continuing to develop under the terminated licenses. ARM was left with no choice other than to bring its claim against Qualcomm and Nuvia to protect their intellectual property and their business and to ensure customers are able to access valid ARM-based products. So that is the exact quote from Engadget from ARM. So what does it all mean? If I remember right, Qualcomm bought Nuvia, which then terminated their license agreement, and Qualcomm just continued to operate just not caring just taking their stuff and just keep rolling with it why not who cares right but i would normally say something like this is oh it's an honest mistake they just didn't check a box somewhere and heard it but they're saying arm has made several contacts which tends to lead someone to believe that in fact qualcomm is just ignoring arm and not wanting to go ahead and renew these licenses We'll have to see how that plays out. That will be very, very interesting. But nowhere near as interesting as the fact that the U.S. is blocking the sale of NVIDIA AI chips to China. Mm-hmm. I, I had to double check to make sure uh, which administration was in power right now. But apparently things are escalating quite a bit behind the scenes. Now, I have no idea what's going on behind the scenes, to be perfectly honest. We can only assume at this point it's because of uh, China kind of encroaching on Taiwan, but it's hard to say. 
there's always some stuff going on in the background. I find it very fascinating that these kind of blockades of technology like this are occurring again. We'll just have to wait and see how that plays out for the rest of us. Now, if you want something that's a bit more easier to swallow, how about the new version of USB? The USB promoter group has announced USB 4 version 2. You know what? At least it's not USB 4.1 version 2. Think, think, think positive. Look at the good things. Now, the actual spec itself is pretty swell. You know, it's basically your USB-C Thunderbolt type connection, 80 gigabits per second of data performance over the USB cable. You know, win, 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 right? Big, big ups all around. Uh, but the naming, the freaking naming. We finally got 802.11 to switch to a normal naming convention. Here, quick. Can you go ahead and tell me what the, which, which, which version of Wi-Fi is better? Wi-Fi 5 or Wi-Fi 6? Good, you guessed correctly. It's Wi-Fi 6. Now, what's better? 802.11n or 802.11ac? You, 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 you see how that can be very confusing for the average person? Now, the, the, the tech savvy, because I went ahead and picked letters I actually know, because I stopped paying attention to letters after it became obnoxious, know that AC is better than N. Then someone in chat said, you forgot about AX. Oh, yeah. How could I forget about AX? <laughs> Look, USB, please stick to something common. Look, I would have been fine if this was USB 4.1. Like, no joke. That would have been fine. I would have been absolutely perfectly happy with that. But no. We didn't do that, did we? We had to go with USB 4 version 2.0. How the heck am I going to fit that above my, above each port? Is there going to be an associated color with that? Is it going to be burgundy or what? what's? Uh, standards. Standards should have easy remember names for a reason. Maybe one day they'll actually learn their lesson. But if time has told me anything, the answer is no. Speaking of learning their lesson, Intel claims they are going to be better at ray tracing than NVIDIA. Look, Intel, I appreciate how bold you're being. I appreciate the bold claims. I appreciate the fact that you're actually going out of your way to make an extremely interesting high-end gpu all right good stuff but maybe just maybe you should actually like have the card actually hit some shelves before you start bragging just a thought i mean it'd be like sony talking about all the amazing things the ps5 can do but no one can put them to the test because there aren't any ps5s in existence which I am still convinced is the case. Any, anyone who tries to tell you they have a PS5, um, they are in on the joke. I am convinced there are no PS5s. Prove me wrong. I mean, we can quickly test with our chat right now. How many of you have PS5s? Yes, I'm still salty about this. I'm still salty about the fact that I still can't get my hands on one. 
and that's becoming very apparent that a lot of these PS4 and PS5 compatible games are clearly PS5 games and the PS4 version is absolutely terrible. Someone in chat says I have seen some of the PS5. It was a 3D printed thingy they put on their shelves. Oh, you showed me. But look, I get that, you know, you want to go ahead and say, you know, in certain circumstances, our Intel GPU is vastly superior to our competition under these specific circumstances. That's great. That's great and all. But maybe get the production thing down first. Actually, you know what a far better comparison is? It would be like if Elon Musk keeps talking about how much better of a pickup truck his Cybertruck is, despite the fact that all that exists right now are freaking prototypes. That's the far better comparison. By the way, how is the Cybertruck? Is it still in pre-order limbo? It's still not even on the front page? Yep, it is still not even on the front page. If I go to order now, when does it say it'll be available? It won't tell me. It says I need to pay 100 bucks to get that. No. Or how about that? How about that? Uh, how about that semi? How's that doing, Tesla? It won't even let me order it. <laughs> Just SMH. Just SMH. Oh, man. But it is what it is. What can you do? Now, moving on. While Intel is trying to compare its fictional cards with existing nvidia cards nvidia does have some benchmark results for the rtx 4060 and 4060 ti and by has benchmarks i mean they leaked out and for the most part they are pretty okay and are pretty thirsty they are some very very thirsty cards that are just chugging power 3060 Ti pulling anywhere from 270 to 280 watts and the 46, did I said 3060? I'm in 4060 Ti pulling 270 to 280 watts, 4060 pulling 230 to 240 watts. Now that's pretty normal for a higher end card, but you got to remember, this is the mid range stuff. This is the stuff, this is the kind of tier right now in the GPU space that pulls like what? 150-ish. I think a lot of people who would normally go ahead and get a 70 or an 80 tier card might be stepping down a little bit just from the power draw. Zone in chat says it was about 200 in the previous generation. So, okay, compared to that, that's not ter that's not too much of a jump. I'm still tell I'm still telling you. Actually, wait, was the 204 you Why am I asking chat? I can just look this up. 3060 power power consumption. Okay, 3060 with 170 watts, 3060 Ti was 200. So yeah, it actually is still a significant jump. It'd be one thing if like the 30, if the 3060 was like 200 and it went to 230. Okay, 30 watts, that's, you know, that's not much. Um, yeah, no, that's a 60 to 70 watt jump. That's one component, by the way. I'm actually not curious. What's the 3070 TDP? The 70, the, the 3070 was a 250 watt TDP. The 4060 is exceeding that. 3080. 3080 is a 340, okay. I was gonna say, if this thing's actually drawing more power than the 3080, that'd be nuts. Someone in chat just brought up the thing I was gonna get to. This is a huge opportunity for AMD. AMD's gonna, of course, they're working on their next gen GPUs. I haven't heard a whole lot about 
what their next gen GPUs are. I say that and it turns out I actually have a slide specifically for the GPUs. I think they mentioned like something off the cuff at their Ryzen 7000 event about new GPUs, but I don't know how much detail they went into. But I'm telling you, if AMD can work on power efficiency while Nvidia is just chugging power, and I mean chugging, Someone in chat says that they're that they're expecting a 50% increase in instructions per clock, and that's all we heard. See, and that's about what we're hearing out of NVIDIA too, at the cost of 50% more power consumption. I actually am curious now. Performance per watt, would you actually be better off just upgrading to, to, a, uh, to a higher end 3000 series instead of switching to 4000? Like for the first time in a while, that's this is probably one of the more interesting things from about this 4000 series. It is for the first time, I think possibly ever, that it's actually making PC builders, PC enthusiasts, gamers in general, actually pay attention to power consumption. Now care about power consumption? Maybe not, but they're paying attention to it for the first time in what feels like ever. Now, full disclosure on all of this, as we're like contemplating these sort of things, we don't, we still don't know what the actual power consumption is. NVIDIA has not released anything officially. We expect NVIDIA to release something offici officially in sometime in November is what current rumors are expecting. But I'll tell you this right now, as this one guy in the chat is absolutely just like reading my mind and stealing all of my thoughts. If AMD can win on power consumption, huge win. Absolutely huge win. Someone else in chat said their old uh, 8800GX was sucking 350 watts back in the old day. Oh, no, 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 no. We're not talking about the whole rig. We're talking about just the card. Like some reports and rumors have said that just the card can suck 600 watts. I'm fairly certain the 8800, I'm actually now curious, 8800 GTX, what was the TDP of this card? 155. That's, that is actually pretty high for a card from back then. 155 was the, was the TDP. We're talking TDPs on the mid-range being 280. That's something to consider in all this. These suckers are going to be crazy. What's going to be sadder is that my old model of going ahead, just buying a used Optiplex, throwing in like a, a, a 50 tier or a 60 tier into it, it's not going to be feasible with these new cards. Completely and utterly not feasible. We're going to take our first break here when we come back. Let's actually talk about what AMD talked about. Welcome back, Eagle Eyes on Tech. I'm Eagle Falcon. All right, AMD had their event to talk about the power behind the new Ryzen 7000 series CPUs, the one that I would say for the first time in a long, long time, I actually decided, you know what? 
we're gonna make the integrated heat spreader look crazy like i talked about this briefly before about how the new ryzen 7000s first off they are no longer going to be a uh, what is it called a pga it, they are no longer going to have the pins of the cpu actually on the cpu itself they're going to be switching to an lga meaning that the pins are going to be on the motherboard and there will be gold contacts actually on the cpu this is the method that intel has been u using since 2004 i think is either at the beginning of the p4 generation or midway through the p4 generation i can't remember which but almost every cp base the point i'm getting is the amd ryzen cpu was pretty much the last of the generation of which the pins were actually on the cpu which means that when you were done with the cpu it could make the world's worst comb easily the world's worst comb it also meant that if you actually tried to ship it, there was a 90% chance that one of the pens got bent slightly and then you were very sad. Now, instead, if there's a pen bent is on the motherboard and then you're even sadder. The other thing they changed is that actual, like I said earlier, the integrated, the IHS, the integrated heat spreader, where it's using like this kind of square gear shape is like the best way I'd describe it. Where it has like little cutouts that expose, um, I'm not entirely sure what they are. They look like balls of solder, but I seriously doubt that is exactly what it is. Zone in chat asks, are these the fifth generation of Ryzen desktop chips? Uh, these are the fourth generation of Ryzen desktop chips because raisins. I honestly don't know. Well, I mean, I kind of know why, why AMD used the numbering scheme they did. I think it's still silly. It is nowhere near as silly. Is it the fifth? Which was the? Oh, Zen Plus was 2000. This is the fifth generation of Ryzen desktops. You see what I'm talking about, though? The numbering system is kind of weird. I'm not exactly a fan of it, but at least it's not what the USB promotion group is doing. Freaking USB 4.0 Gen 2. Someone still needs to be, like, slapped with a fish over there like it is just it is absolutely maddening but in any case what we're seeing across the board with these ryzen chips is <clears throat> a slight price reduction which in this day and age is quite possibly the biggest blessing we could possibly see it really really is with that said though the power consumption is kind of a I feel like we should be concerned, but right now it isn't. We don't know all the models right now. It's just these four, the 7600, the 7700, the 7900, the 7950, all of which X. The other thing that's interesting is the fact that the clock speeds are actually going up for a while. In fact, I want to say since, since the very beginning of Ryzen, but there might be an exception. When you got to the higher core counts, the clock speed fell by a, by a fairly decent amount. It actually got to the point where the good one to get for gaming was the 600 or the 700 in the stack. Once you got to those big 12 cores and 16 cores, you started seeing a performance drop just because you had so many cores, but not enough clock speed. And keep in mind, when I say performance drop, 
I'm talking like just outside like your margin of error. It's not like, oh man, I went ahead and got the 16 core Ryzen and now I only get 30 frames instead of 60 like my buddy did who got the cheaper one. It's not that drastic. But for this new Ryzen 7000, that will most likely not be the case. That and also more games know how to understand more cores. So it's a win-win-win all around. But here's the thing that's kind of eyebrow-raising. AMD says there are no supply constraints expected for Ryzen 7000. No supply constraints, they say. Yes, because uh, every other, because every single product that uses an AMD chip right now has no supply problems on it whatsoever. Because everyone can just go out there and get a an Xbox Series X or my personal dead horse to keep beating the PlayStation 5. I'm actually going to quickly make sure that, in fact, the Xbox Series X is still out of stock. Yeah, it is. Okay. Series X, still out of stock. PS5, still perpetually out of stock. But the Ryzen 7000, no supply constraints expected. Maybe I'm just being jaded. Maybe, maybe 2021 has turned me into such a furious man that I just expect the absolute worst out of everyone. Someone in chat says you can buy the Series S from, from the Microsoft Store. Yeah, the Series S is in stock. The Series S is currently the only current gen console that you can buy that isn't a Switch. The one that is missing a whole lot of performance under the hood. Yeah. The Series S and Series X model is still... It is still very unusual to me. Because you're losing a whole lot of performance on the Series S. Which then makes you kind of wonder, wouldn't all the games for the Series X just just be scaled down and uh, targeted towards the S, the lowest common denominator? It's always been a big question mark to me. But yeah, let's be, let's be honest. I, there's going to be supply constraints. Now, one thing they are talking about is the fact that Ryzen 7000 will have PCI Express 5.0. Hey, look at that. PCI Express can do the thing that USB won't. Okay, I'll try not to make fun of USB any, anymore today. Try being the keyword. It's probably still going to happen. Now, correct me if I'm wrong. But the current high-end GPUs, they are USB, or not USB, they are PCI Express 4.0 right now, right? I'm fairly certain they are. So I'm not sure what the heck's going to even use PCI Express 5.0, except for like some stupid high-end enthusiast top-tier SSDs. So I mean, for the most part, it's nice to see 5.0, it's definitely going to be future-proofing and is making uh, Ryzen 7000 very much looking like it's going to be a future-proofing um, platform. But if you're looking for that performance today, I don't think you're going to find it. Someone in chat says the next gen of GPUs are going to be 5.0. My two scrapyard PCs are both kind of just chuckling over there like Ralph going, <laughs> I'm in danger. Someone in chat asked, what about the motherboards? What about the motherboards? Obviously, whatever motherboards going to be compatible with the Ryzen 7000s are going to support PCI Express Gen 5. Now, 
there is some talk about some lower end chipsets for Ryzen 7000 only having support for like DDR4 and for PCI Express 4.0. Actually, I take that back. I don't think any of the chipsets for Ryzen 7000 support uh, DDR4, but I think I heard someone say about that, but now I can't remember if that's actually a rumor or fact. Not that it really matters at this point because, well, we're not going to see this for a month. So we have a long time to wait on this. Zen 4 does not support DDR4. There you go. Wait, Zen 4. All right, no, no, this is Zen 4. Once again, that whole confusion thing there. Because it's Ryzen 7000, which is the fifth generation of Ryzen, but is codenamed Zen 4. But at least it's not Zen 4 version 2. <laughs> I can't help myself. And not in non-USB joke-related news. AMD does have plans to support the new AM5 socket. That is the new LGA socket that will be for Ryzen 7000 through 2025 and beyond. I'm not going to lie. When I first read the headline, I was extremely disappointed because 2025 is only three years from now. How long does an Intel socket last? Two years. Ah, yes, by going AMD, we get a whole year. The word through and beyond do give me hope. And the fact that the previous socket, AM4, was supported for far longer than they promised does give me hope that this new platform will, in fact, last quite a long time. And I, for one... I'm looking grateful for it. Oh, hey, look, pre uh, old uh, yesterday me who did this prep did actually get a slide with the date on it. All of this will be available starting on September 27th. So now you can plan on when you need to start finding your wallet after it ran away. Someone in chat says that'll have to be a scene. Again, I'm hopeful. We'll see. But the fact that, you know, the date said is only 2025 gives... Mm, it's, it's smelling of Intel all of a sudden, right? It is a bit concerning. Uh, by the by, um, speaking of new things coming up, uh, Valve accidentally confirmed that there will be a Steam Deck 2. Well then, in the booklet for the Steam Deck, they talk about future generations, which means there's going to be a Steam Deck 2. Uh, honestly, real quick, real talk, Raise your hand if you're surprised by this. Anyone? Anyone surprised by this? No, 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 no. You, 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 you put your hand down. You're not surprised by this. Of course there's going to be a next-gen one. Enough popular was shown in the first one, they were going to do it. This isn't like the Steam controller where they had to start selling them at five bucks a pop to get rid of them. The question is how long? I think it'll be a while. I wouldn't expect a Steam Deck 2 until i'd say 2025 that's about when i would expect a second gen one mostly because i figure by 2025 they'll actually finally make enough steam decks to fill the back orders but who knows we'll just have to see how it all goes down won't we now in other oddball news someone in chat is trying to tick me off by saying they're still waiting to see how well they can get steam to work on on more and more chromebooks pc gaming 
is threatening on popping circuit breakers, and you think Steam is going to run well on a 7-watt Chromebook? Yeah. Okay. By the way, don't buy a Chromebook. There's better ways to, to burn your money. Microsoft is planning on merging the Surface Pro X and the Surface Pro 9 versions of the tablet under one product line. Someone says, even for classic gaming, why the heck not? Because your compatibility is going to be garbage. That's why. If you're going to go ahead and want to play old games, go ahead and recycle an old PC. It's going to be more capable. It is going to run the game far more efficiently. And most importantly, it has a future. I know you're just trying to tick me off, but I can't let it go. I'm sorry. A Chromebook is a, a, rec a recycle a Chromebook. You want to know how much a Chromebook goes for? Chromebook goes new $300. There is so little ability to go ahead and recycle a Chromebook. A company that I work with specifically in selling off used computers cannot sell Chromebooks for $15 a unit that are two years old because no one can figure out a use for them. That is how low powered and how locked down of an operating system Chrome OS is. Someone in chat says game emulation. What part of locked down did you not hear? There's a reason why I keep saying don't buy a Chromebook. It's because the blasted device has no future, period. End of story, because it is such a hot flaming piece of garbage locked into its own garbage operating system for the sole purpose the sole purpose of doing one thing, run Chrome. And every single time we try to find a use for it, we find out, ah, excellent. We got it to do this thing very, very poorly. You know what else could do it very, very poorly, except actually better? A freaking Raspberry Pi. Don't buy a brand new Chromebook. If you wanna go, if you need to go ahead and get a Chromebook for your kid that's going to school, you know what you can do better? Go on eBay, find one for 15 bucks. Because at least then you're encouraging less production of these absolutely hot garbage pieces of hardware that have no future. Why the heck are Raspberry Pis going for 200 bucks a pop? Someone in chat just brought to my attention that Raspberry Pis are going for 200 bucks a pop. Why the hell are Raspberry Pis going for 200? <sighs> why am I kidding? I know exactly why Raspberry Pis are going for $200 a pop. That is depressing. They had one job. They had one freaking job. That's unfortunate. Anyway, Microsoft, they are merging the ARM, the Pro X line and the Pro 9 line of their Surface tablets under one product line. So I hate this. Because going back to that whole used market sort of thing, here's the problem with the used market. People in the used market are not as savvy. All right. If I go ahead and try to find a ZBook, they're not going to know the processor. They're not going to know the GPU in it. I mean, they might know the processor, but there's no way they know the GPU. Half the time, they don't even know what, what the hard drive is, whether it's actually a hard drive or an SSD or an M2 SSD or any of those sort of details that are actually very important when trying to go ahead and figure out what future that device has. Because I'm sorry, you're high-end mobile workstation 
with a dual core CPU does not have anywhere near the future as its hexacore cousin over there. It just doesn't. So to go ahead and put the ARM version of the tablet and the x86 Intel version of the tablet under the same name is infuriating. It just is. Especially since the performance of Windows on ARM and Windows the normal version is wildly different. And, you know, I hate to break it to you, but Windows on ARM, no matter how good of an ARM processor you have, sucks. It's getting better, but it's not ready yet. It's not like the Apple ecosystem right now with macOS 11 that actually can use its ARM processor very, very well. We hate to admit it, but it can. It does it really well. Windows on ARM, not there yet. Not even close. So to call them under the same name is infuriating. Almost like calling the 40 gigabit version of USB 4 and the 80 gigabit per second version of USB 4, both calling them USB 4, but then have under it version 2. No, I can't help myself. Physically can't help myself. It still drives me nuts. I have USB 4 brain rot. It just keeps eating at me. So no, I am not a fan of this. At freaking all. Someone in the chat says, don't give them ideas. You know, I wish they would at I, I wish at the very least they would go ahead and call it the Surface 9 Pro version ARM. Because at least then I don't have to go ahead and show up in person, get there fire up task manager, see what the processor is to find out it runs ARM and then walk away from the deal and then wondering, man, I wish I, get, I wish I got my 30 minutes of drive time back. At least then the version two would help. So yeah, not a fan. Absolutely not a fan. At least if you're gonna call it, you know, keep the X. But then again, I'm asking the same company that gave us the Xbox series series and trying to tell them to come up with a naming convention that makes sense. I'm still not gonna let that go. The Xbox Series Series. That is what it is. We're going to take a break here when we come back. Some info in regards to... Yeah, someone in chat says, just add a plus or max at the end. Man, I could do an entire six-hour rant on everything wrong with the modern naming convention. Because plus now means it's a streaming service. Max now means it's be it's bigger and more obnoxious to wield. <sighs> We're just doomed. Anyway, when we come back, we have some info on potential Google phones. We will be back. Welcome back, Eli's on Tech. I'm Eagle Falcon. So, there is a rumored Google Pixel Fold. Are, are we really surprised that there's going to be a foldable fo phone that Google's going to be making? I'm not surprised. Again, I wouldn't consider these foldable phones until they come down significantly in price. But what's really weird and has everyone just kind of in a uh, in, in a interesting tone about this particular phone is it's rumored ultra 
micro hole camera. Ah, yes, you heard all about the various underscreen cameras. Even the Samsung one now has an underscreen camera on the main internal screen. Someone in chat asked, does it, but does it have a headphone jack? It has a headphone jack and it's ultra small, like it's ultra micro hole camera. I don't know, it's a patent drawing. You know what? No, no. The patent drawing doesn't have a micro, uh, a headphone jack on it. There, are you happy? The piece of paper, the schematics for this patent are drawn on does not have a headphone jack. Are you now anti-patent? <laughs> for frick's sake. Yes, the paper needs a headphone jack. This deck of playing cards also needs a headphone jack. This can of empty energy drink that I really need to get off on needs a headphone jack. You people! My thermostat needs a headphone jack. Anyway, dumb things aside, the whole point of this ultra micro hole camera is so the chat is still trying to list all the things that need headphone jacks and is basically just devolving into picking random nouns from the dictionary and then adding needs a headphone jack at the end of it. Anyway, the whole point of this ultra micro hole camera is to give the quality of a normal camera, but to make it practically invisible to the naked eye to be seen. I don't know about you, but I don't think that's gonna work very well. Maybe it will, but I seriously doubt it. Someone in chat says, so it's a spy cam. Yeah, kind of. That's, that's kind of what they're trying to go for, trying to make a uh, spy cam for the internal camera on your folding phone. I'll tell you what though, it may be the same technology that goes into a spy cam, but I think if you're gonna try and use the selfie camera on this folding phone as a spy cam, you're gonna get caught. I mean, could you imagine? Let me, let me go grab a tablet. I'm just saying, if someone is holding up their folding phone open with their main screen at you like this, and you see what the camera is seeing, because of course it's the main screen, so whatever the camera is seeing is gonna be displayed on there, and you see yourself on it, they might be trying to use it as a spy camera. No, in this case, I do not see this being used as a spy camera being a problem. I think someone very discreetly videotaping stuff with their phone is a bigger security concern than a micro hole selfie camera. That is at least my pitch. Now, if they go ahead and put it on the back, now we have a problem. But all of this is also moot if the quality is garbage. Keep in mind, for our main shooting cameras on phones, we have been making the camera bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger, meaning that there needs to be a bigger and bigger and bigger hole phrasing on the backside of the, of the phone. And sometimes multiple of them, thus starting the whole thing about trypophobia actually being a commonly known phrase at least in the tech world. Chat is trying to figure out new ways for this. It literally is not gonna be able to be used as a spy camera. A spy camera loses all use when you're showing the screen 
that the camera is looking at. Imagine James Bond having like a TV on his chest for his for his micro camera hidden in in, in a in his corsage in his corsage or something like that. You're all. You're also just going to look suspicious for having your folding fold unfolded facing forward. You're going to look suspicious. Other people are saying like, oh yeah, the camera could be, could be used for other such technology and this, that, and the other thing. Possibly. I would also argue a company like Google has better ways to spy on people. Someone in chat asked, what if it has a screen on the back too? Like a double-sided folding screen. Oh, people are saying if, if Google wants to go ahead and use this spy on people. I guarantee you Google's ability to spy on you does not increase at all with the existence of a micro hole camera. I can guarantee that their ability to spy on you does not, will not increase with the existence of this micro hole camera. Let's see if anyone can catch on, catch on on this, but back to the whole thing about the actual quality of the camera itself. That is going to be the interesting thing. Will the quality go down? Because if it looks like it's from a, a camera phone from 2003, what's the point? Someone in chat says they don't need to, but governments will be willing to pay them, pay them to get, give it to them. I will once again state that their ability to spy on you will not increase with the existence of this camera. If governments wanted this info, they'd be trying to pay Google for it now. Because that's the thing. It's still Google's tech. If Google was going to go ahead and use it, they just would. Look, as far as security goes, if we want to go ahead and go down the tinfoil hat area, let's go down the tinfoil hat area. Between the GPS and your phone, the multitude of cameras on it, the fact that there is no hardware level ability for you to even see that it's on, that it's actually going ahead and actually recording anything, the fact that you already know the phone has the ability at the hardware level to listen to audio at all times. They already have the perfect ability to spy on everyone and they use it for the purpose of advertising. This isn't even full, full blown tinfoil hat conspiracy territory. This is fact. And the, here's the thing. If a private entity can do this, that means that said info can still be handed over behind closed doors to any governmental body without anyone knowing. I'm not saying that's exactly what's going on, but it absolutely can be going on. My statement that this does not improve Google's ability to spy on people is correct because their ability to spy on people is already absolutely insane. Is there a connection going on behind closed doors with some other kind of governmental body, foreign or otherwise? Quite possibly. Do we know? No. Can we suspect? Yes. I just realized I finally figured out what the heck the ding was last night when I was driving. Anyway, back to the point. I do not see a pinhole camera being a some huge revelation in spying technology. Mostly because it's not new technology. It'd be new if the quality wasn't garbage is it possible a government body would go ahead and pay google for for the technology if it works really well of course that happens all the time most of these tech companies the only time there's really any sort of serious blowback against a governmental body 
is when they ask for data of existing customers right now. And I'm willing to bet that a lot more of that information gets handed over than we want to admit happens. Someone in chat says you're trying to disapprove of what you're saying. No, I'm saying that it's going on right now the way we like it or not. To try and sell, tell ourselves that anything changes because of the existence of this patent is kidding ourselves. That's what I'm saying. To say that this changes the game, it doesn't. That's my point. Anyway, in any case, quality of consumer phone pinhole cameras may or may not be interesting. We don't know yet. That is pretty much where that goes. Is there going to be a giant security threat of it? I don't think so. Is, is there going to be some kind of giant, giant interest in federal uh, Department, Department of Defense wanting to get into their touch with that? I don't think so. I think it's just that. I think it's a concept. And that's about it. I don't think it changes any real game other than possibly trying to make... <laughs> why am I... I'm not! I'm just saying otherwise. Again, we're trying to make this seem like this is going to be a big thing. It's not. It's a pinhole camera. They said... Uh, someone in chat said, I said government. So did I. I said government. Foreign or otherwise. I mean, this is the truth of where we are right now. I, I love how chat thing this got... I wouldn't say this got me triggered. This is getting me just... You just went everywhere. <laughs> this wasn't getting triggered. This is being confusing. Anyway, speaking of confusing, Google is allowing some people to downgrade from Android 13 to 12. That whole nonsense. I might have to actually go back and edit that whole thing out because that was just a whole lot of nothing. That was an entire rant about nothing that just happened there. Anyway, Google is contemplating letting people downgrade from Android 13 to Android 12. Why would be <laughs> I love the fact that the first thing I say before I even get further in this is someone in chat saying, why can't we get this option for Windows 11? I actually can't confirm this because I was I never I haven't uh, upgraded anything to Windows 11 yet. But um, if it's anything like the Windows 10 upgrade, there actually is an option to uh, to downgrade from Windows 11 to 10. I'm fairly now that that wasn't I, I, okay. I had the numbers wrong. There was an option when you, when the Windows 10 upgrade happened that you could downgrade back to Windows 8 or 7. I have no idea how good it was because I never used it. I would assume the same option exists in Windows 11 but I can't confirm that. And honest, I mean, let's be really honest. Although windows 11 is, um, it's a flawed operating system. It hasn't killed key components of the phone. Like Android 13 has like windows 11. What's your biggest complaint there? Um, well, it can, uh, it can lock you out of your PC by requiring a bit locker reset. That's super awkward. And by super awkward, I mean, you want to go ahead and chuck the, the, your computer at a wall because it locks you out of your own system. That's infuriating. Um, it went ahead and by default moved the start bar to the middle instead of, you know, the left side where it belongs and other UI tweaks. I mean, honestly, Windows 11, I feel at this point, once you learn how to move the start bar to the left side and tweak it to your liking, it's tolerable and i pretty much feel like that's the phrase tolerable 
Chat is now starting to fill up with uh, complaints about Windows 11. And I, I, I stress again, tolerable. Not usable. Not great. Tolerable. Android 13, on the other hand, it just might brick your phone. Just straight up. That's at the end. No BitLocker key is going to unlock this one. It's just gone. So, some versions will be able to downgrade from 13, Android 13 to Android 12. Mostly the, version, mostly the phones that have had known compatibility issues with Android 13. So, to which I say, good on Google for allowing this, allowing this version, or allowing this uh, downgrade. But uh, this is going to be a huge, huge black eye in the world of uh, Android versions versus iOS versions. Someone in chat asked, weren't they supposed to skip the number 13 on, on uh, versioning or was that not a thing anymore? Um, I want to say they skipped the number eight because like eight in Eastern nations is associated with death. And is thus considered a super unlucky number in like Asian countries or something like that. I could be wrong though. But no, it wasn't 13 because of that. No, no, no. Western unlucky numbers are fair game, apparently. Eastern ones are not. Someone in chat says they thought it was the number four. It's possibly the number four. Multiple people are saying number four. So it's probably the number four. But no, uh, tech companies, for whatever reason, do not see a reason to. Excuse me. Uh, ignore the number 13 for whatever reason. But they will uh, uh, allow alternative payment systems in more countries. Woo! <laughs> Someone in chat says stop. It's time to stop with numbers and start naming them after porn stars. Dude, I cannot wait for Android candy. That's candy with an I, by the way. Dude, what, what about USB chocolate thunder? Okay, you know what? I you know, now that I think now that I've given it some thought, I think we have found the one method of naming versions that's actually worse than whatever the heck the USB promotion company is doing. Ah, there it is. There it is in chat. Android 13 version 2.0. <laughs> Wait, is the number 3 un unlucky in any nation? Maybe we finally cracked the code as to why Valve cannot make a third sequel of anything. All right, weird distracting noises aside. Google will now allow alternate payment systems on Play Stores in more countries. So this is referring to specifically alternate payment processors. So someone in chat said, what are you talking about? Android already named all their named their versions after porn stars back when they were calling everything after desserts. This is how we get pulled. This is, this is how we get pulled off uh, off platforms right here. So we will be seeing alternate payment systems for in-app purchases coming to India, Australia, Indonesia, Japan, and the quote, European economic area. That's actually big. Those are some pretty big markets that Google is now finally pushing everything for, but the, but there will be a 3% wait, a 3% discount on fees for developers using third party billing in EA areas while offering a 4% discount on fees for, to developers. Okay then. But in any case, that is just news, good news all around for Google customers. Now, 
If there are two minds in the tech world you're afraid of meeting, it is T-Mobile and Elon Musk. T-Mobile has always kind of had that weird, we're going to go ahead and do all this sort of stuff to make ourselves stand out way, 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 way more. And it worked, by the way. And then there's SpaceX, which has Elon Musk. That's all you need to know. And they're both teaming up to let you know that your phone will connect directly to Starlink satellites. You know, I would say win-win. If it weren't for the fact that Elon Musk has a horrible habit of uh, not living up to promises at freaking all. Like, real talk for a minute. There, There are areas that just have really bad connection. Heck, yesterday on my drive back into Wisconsin from Chicago, we did a little bit of a driving stream, and there was like one area out in Hale's Corners that just all of a sudden connection dropped. All along the highway, fine. Going 70 miles an hour down, down the road, fine. Going through the rural area between, where was that? Racine and, um, and Oakbrook, fine. Perfectly fine. Middle of Hills Corners, dead. Completely dead. Nothing. Heck, even in my own apartment complex, if the internet goes out here, I can't make phone calls. I'm in the middle of Waukesha. It's not like I'm in, like, rural nothing Pewaukee or something like that. No, this is a major suburb in the area. Nothing. It's maddening. It is actually maddening. So, the promises of phone companies partnering up with something like SpaceX to go ahead and provide sat phones? Good stuff. Good stuff. But here's the thing. It can't just be T-Mobile. You'd have to get AT&T. You'd have to get Verizon on board. Because just one company having a monopoly on that sort of thing is a big deal. Now, you could say the same thing with SpaceX, but, man, that goes into a weird gray area I have, because I am conflicted on that. I do think that any field needs to have competition to be healthy, but you can't have four blankets of satellites carpeting the globe. You, you just can't. And the fact that it's also Elon, of all people, behind... Uh, behind SpaceX, it really is just kind of the big, mm, man, that, that guy knows how to keep promises going, right? All right, let's get some, let's get some quick announcements out that I really don't have a whole lot of thoughts on, but there are still fascinating. LG is bringing back curved TVs. Real talk, who, I don't know. I actually don't know what to think on this. Like, curved screens are making a big comeback in PC gaming just because with a curved screen and you being close enough to them, it starts to make some sense. I don't know on a TV because on a TV, you're normally further away from it. Like, realistically, the only time in, like, a TV sort of scenario that a curve would make sense is if your screen's big enough to be, like, an IMAX theater. And no one that, you know, isn't disgustingly rich is going to go ahead and set up something like that in their own home. It's just not feasible yet. So I don't know. I'm torn on the concept of a curved OLED screen for a TV. But I'm curious what other people think. I, I You know what? I think it's going to be irrelevant until you actually go ahead and see it in person. 
So, you know, on, on its face, I think a curved TV is a bad idea, but who knows? Maybe at a Best Buy demo, it will convince me otherwise. Assuming Best Buys will be allowed to continue exist. That also being said, Samsung is going to be increasing the production of their QD OLED capacity by 30% to try and meet, to try and meet the increased demand. More and more going to get in on that OLED game. And the QD in this case would be Samsung's Quantum Dot capacity. And of course, also with production being increased, means the price will go down. I have yet to see a Quantum Dot OLED screen. I am told through Canadian influencers that are prone to drop things that they look really well. But I don't know how much I trust Canadian influencers that tend to drop things because they tend to drop things. I'm just saying. He drops a lot. I don't know why I'm ripping online. It's like that. In any case, in other news, Halo Infinite is having their season three delayed. In other stories, I just learned that Halo Infinite is going by seasons. I, I did not realize they were going to have seasons. But what is really, really disappointing is not only is the season three delayed, but the one feature we all want from a Halo game is apparently being canned. Ladies and gentlemen, I am sad to report that Halo Infinite is going to be losing split-screen co-op. Unplayable. Unplayable game. Completely unplayable game. Disappointing. I can't go ahead and grab some random scrub and carry them through the Halo Infinite campaign on a couch. Unplayable. Unplayable. As long as split-screen multiplayer is there, so I can screen watch while rockets while rocket sniping someone from across the map as long as that's still in the game then there's still some hope now nah, honestly the real point of screen look you want to know the real point of screen lookers screen watching the only purpose of screen looking is in goldeneye you have been dodging dodging everyone as you've been planning remote mines everywhere across the entire map stealthily getting around everyone and just rigging up the entire map to explode. And then you pull the trigger once, just to see the entire screen get engulfed in one giant explosion. Or if it was perfect dark, one giant rolling explosion spaced out every two seconds. That was the purpose of split screen right there. And it was glorious. You know what isn't glorious though? Netflix and their ad supported plan. I hate the fact that this is what we're going to. We are very, 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 very quickly, and I do mean very quickly, devolving into streaming subscription plans just being cable with extra steps. What do we hate about cable? It was a few hundred dollars a month and had ads. You get all these streaming, these streaming plans all together, what you're paying? A few hundred bucks, but in order to save a few bucks, you now get ads! How does the quote go? You either die a hero or live long enough to see you become the villain? Lo and behold, they are living long enough to see themselves become the villain. I love how a lot of chat is just like, this can't be happening. Ads on subscription plans. And one person is just like, what are you guys talking about? Other subscription plans have had this too. It's true. Netflix is just joining the crowd. It's just yet the next one to go ahead and do it. Hulu does it, Paramount does it, Disney does it, 
Amazon does it. Yes, YouTube Red doesn't do this because YouTube's ad platform is actually free. I don't know who did it first. I want to say Hulu did it first. I still hate that this is the trend. Because you know what? This is going to make it now, right? 7 to $9 for its ad-supported plan. You watch. These ad-supported plans are going to creep up and up and up and up and up and up. I'm telling you, man. It's going to get to the point where the ad-supported plans are going to cost as much as the non-ad-supported plans. Anyway, now that, we've, now that we're done talking about how we are very closely becoming a dystopian cyberpunk world, um, let's talk about something good, like uh, an option for permanent backups costing $5 per terabyte. That actually sounds sick. Five bucks per terabyte? Well... There's a small catch to it. It is pretty much only for a backup solution. A new optical disc. Yeah. There's a technology you thought would be dead forever. Able to store terabytes of information on each disc. The whole thing would be $5 per disc, each disc containing one terabyte each. But has the potential for both A, media distribution big potential there and then b backup solutions and this would be unfortunately a permanent style backup meaning that once you make the backup that's it you ain't changing squat someone in chat says it's, it claims it's re read white read right i don't believe it is oh it is read right huh why did i wrote that right down oh, whatever one article says read right another one says it isn't i don't know the other thing, though, is that uh, read-write on optical discs, it's... N <clears throat> Let's be honest. You did it for minor changes. There's a limit to how much you can read and write on an optical disc, unfortunately. So it's not like flash memory where you can keep doing it over and over and over again and do it tons of times before it finally fails. This would be much shorter in the grand scheme of things. But, you know, it's still an impressive step forward in storage capacity now if only we would be able to see that sort of thing in battery capacity but i think for that you need to go ahead and get some kind of sizable investment and ladies and gentlemen i fortunately have just the thing for you have you been looking for the best get rich quick scheme have you been looking for the easiest way to increase your net worth by upwards of hundreds of thousands of percent? Have you been looking for one swift move to go ahead and get a liv livable size saving for life? I have the answer for you. Ladies and gentlemen, I give you the last burb, the last story of the day, the weirdest story of the week, the best get rich quick scheme ever. It's very simple. All you have to do is watch a crypto company be really, really stupid. That's all you got to do. A crypto firm accidentally gives a $10 million refund when they were supposed to only give an $80 refund. That's all you got to do, everyone. Just trick a crypto company to add about six extra zeros. Slow freaking clap now 
a woman in Australia trying to make a refund of 100 Australian dollars from crypto.com. And instead, crypto.com sent 10.5 million Australian dollars to the woman instead. Now, what did the woman do when receiving this massive sum of money? Why spend it? What else? And went ahead and bought a a, a million dollar house for his sister. Now, Crypto.com, of course, is not amused with this. Crypto.com is absolutely not amused with the fact they made this mistake and they want their money back. But of course now, a large amount of this money is tied up in this mansion or house or whatever the heck it is. I don't know what the housing prices are in Australian. So... This is now working its way through the Australian courts. And if you thought I wasn't a complete expert in U.S. courts, let me tell you how little I know about the Australian court system. I have no idea how this is going to play out. I have no idea what is going to happen. I know here in the U.S., normally when that kind of mistake is made, the court usually sides with the person that made the mistake unless it is unless a certain amount of time has passed. And usually that that amount of time is like is like a matter of like years or months in some cases. It really varies, and it's not something that I have studied in like any actual sense at all. But you know what? You know what this at least has accomplished? At least now it has proven that now that cryptocurrency does actually have some real value to it folks that is going to do it for this episode of eagle eyes on tech thank you so much for watching and i do encourage you to check out the daily podcast airs monday through friday at anchor.fm slash early b-i-r-b briefing and check out my twitch page twitch.tv slash eagle falcon or if you want to check out everything i do eagle falcon dot card c-a-r-r-d dot co You can find links to everything I work on there. Take care, and hopefully you have a great day. Now, for $10 million, if you want to try and get away with this, you'd first have to move to another country far away. And it, it bo- bonus points for that. I mean, you have $10 million, so you can go ahead and just pretty much get any house you want at that point. And then for bonus points, as you make your epic escape, sell your biography of this grand escape to a movie company and claim, the, and claim some earnings from that on your epic tale of how you went ahead and scammed crypto 
out of $10 million. And you know what the best part is? Everyone will cheer you, except for a handful of people. And those handful of people that won't cheer you, you now know exactly who you want to ignore, because they were never people that were going to be your friend anyway.